So it's come to that part of the program where we take a look at the Bible. And this week, we're going to have a look at two scriptures, actually. We're looking at Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, and also Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. Because what we've been discussing through the week is this idea of loneliness and the problems around loneliness as has been highlighted by the government in fact with their proposals that we can form bubbles so here we go psalm 139 verses 7 to 10 says this where could i go from your spirit or where could i flee from your presence if i ascend into heaven you are there if i make my bed in hell behold you are there If I take the wings of the dawn and settle in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. And Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So those are the scriptures. What are your thoughts on those scriptures, Jamie? Well, I'm going to focus, Paul, more on the kind of second verses where it's talking about the day approaching and encouraging each other. Because it's interesting when it says the day approaching, it's essentially saying, you know, the time when Christians believe that Jesus will return. And during those times, you know, it mentions in the Bible, things are going to become a little bit tense and a little bit scary. You're not going to know what the truth is. There's going to be false prophets. You know, things are going to be challenging. And I think if there's ever a time at the moment when things have been challenging, it's been in lockdown with the same people in your family for however many weeks it is and what I think is interesting when you look at the words that they use when he writes to the people in he you know in Hebrews he says do not um, spur one another on but actually in the original translation it says provoke one another on now it's interesting where it says provoke because you know, you you don't often use the word provoke positively. It's usually a term to say when you provoke someone, you're winding them up. And some have interpreted this as at that time, that church were provoking each other. They were antagonizing each other, criticizing each other. And he kind of twisted the words around to say provoke into encouraging, you know, provoke into good deeds. So it's kind of the same energy you want to put across criticizing people that it seems to be easy to do. Use that instead for encouraging people and building them up. And it's interesting, I used to work with people who had challenging behavior and we had a a person there who was very, very challenging. And all the time we wanted to make sure there was justice. We wanted to make sure their behavior would change if we put rules in place and we told them what they were doing wrong. Eventually we had a specialist came in and our wills were turned upside down. That person said, don't focus on the bad behavior, focus and encourage the good behavior. Now that seemed totally contradicting to what we wanted. We wanted justice. We want people to know what they were doing wrong, that person. And that person's life was turned around because they responded so much better to being encouraged. And when they did something right to be told, that was a great thing you did. And I think that's a real challenge here, these verses to say, especially during these difficult times, how much are we actually recognizing with our friends, with our family? How much are we saying, actually, what you've done there is great? Or how many times are we saying, have you left that toilet seat up? Or I can't believe you've left your, your bowl on the floor again, your cereal bowl. Maybe if we focus on encouraging each other. 
And I think this is interesting when you look at how geese fly, you know, Canadian geese, where they fly in that V formation. And part of these verses is to do with, you know, keep on meeting with each other, encouraging each other. And if you look at those verses, when the geese come together, there's evidence to suggest they actually consume 79% less energy when they fly together it's to do pete you'll probably know this with your aerodynamics and the lift and the flapping of wings it means they can travel much further because they're working together they're encouraging each other you know when one falls out of formation the others will honk it back into that that same formation to take them forward so my looking at these verses is during this difficult time please think how can you encourage someone else how can you build someone up because together if you work together you can encourage each other and get through these difficult times taking a look at uh, psalm 139 a couple of things stood out to me the first one was if i make my bed in the depths as it was in my translation or it's also translated hell and it says if i make my bed in hell you are there and the psalmist he knew even though It was centuries before Jesus that uh, God would send a Messiah, a Redeemer to save us from ourselves and make a way back to God forever. So even way back then, the writer David, the writer of the Psalms, he he believed, he trusted that God would send a Messiah and make that way back to God forever. And we know this is true today, centuries later, after Jesus as well. It just says it doesn't matter how far we think we've strayed from God. Whatever it is we've done, however we see ourselves, God still loves us and he still continues to make a way for us to be reunited with him. And then in verse 10, it talks about God's hand. We mentioned this last week in our thought for the day and we've been sort of meditating or talking about it throughout this week as well. In Psalm 16 verse 8, it it also talks about God being at hand being our hand it says i will keep my eyes on the lord always with him at my right hand i will not be shaken and if you if you stick your arm out in front of you how close is your hand to you in relation to everything else it's it's pretty close i know some arms are longer than others but generally our hands are, are pretty close to us we can just reach out and grab things with our hands and this is part of the message here god is so close to you right now no matter how far you think you are from god or how you feel about what you might have done God is still as close to you as your hand is. And that's, that's just what I want to encourage you with, is wherever you are, you can reach out to God today. Don't keep him at arm's length. Don't wait any longer. You can talk to him and ask him into your life. Well, the reason that we were looking at these scriptures was really in response to the government recognizing that people are lonely at this time and there are people who are living alone and there are people who are single parents with children under the age of 18 and these people can now attach themselves as it were to another family and that means that they're allowed to go into that other family's house they're allowed to spend time with them i think they're even allowed to spend a night there and that has opened up the possibilities for lots of people you know who are living on their own who are perhaps missing grandchildren maybe they're elderly missing grandchildren and it's interesting that the government have recognized this but of course we've known the importance of community and we've known the difficulties around loneliness it's not something new and the psalmist here kind of recognizes that 
God is with you all the time. And it's kind of plea from the psalmist's heart here, but the response is, and this is the message version, is that, is there any place that I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? It's not that the psalmist wants to be out of God's sight or wants to avoid God. It's that he's just posing that question, that kind of rhetorical question, you know, is it even possible? And the answer is, if I climb to the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you are there. If I flew on morning's wings to far western horizon, you will find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. And I quite like uh, one of the commentators on this. Put it very simply said, man is always somewhere and God is always everywhere. So no matter how lonely you feel, God is with you. And does God care about you? Well, yes, he does. I mean, Jesus's words on the Sermon of the, on the Mount, he said this, he says, seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain and sat down. His disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted and blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. He's talking about you and me when we go to, through those times in our life where we're feeling low, where we're, our spirit is poor. He's saying that you're blessed because the kingdom of heaven is yours. He is with you. And this is what, you know, Jesus came to tell you, what it was that to paraphrase another scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that no one should perish, but everyone could receive eternal life and that is for you today you can receive eternal life you can know what it's like to be loved by a loving god